Today we got a few good topics. Um, the last two episodes have been more entertainment centered, but this episode will be about real topics, which is really what the podcast is about. But I had to wheel you all in. Uh, so with that, today we are going to talk about fat phobia, gaslighting, and the poor black stigma. Um, but first. I do want to, you know, go into like new news or whatever. So we currently have uh, Bernie Sanders dropping out of the race that just happened like an hour ago, which I'm really upset about because I don't want to discuss politics on here a lot, but I really did not want to give Joe Biden my vote personally because a lot of people have this thought that his name is associated with Obama. So he's essentially going to do the same things that Obama has done. But no, Joe Biden is, in my opinion, he's like an undercover Republican. Like he's he's essentially going to do what Trump is doing, but without the conservative vote, if that makes sense. Um, he doesn't really believe in like, free medical care or subsidized education. I'm sorry, I'm slurring on my words, but I am going to go ahead and give him my vote because I don't think mentally I can deal with another four years of Trump. Um, Growing up black in America, I know that I'm saying that I can't deal mentally with another four years of Trump, but if it happens, I'll survive, will survive. But let's avoid that and get out and vote. Some of you all may listen to this and still want to vote for Trump. I don't even know if I know any Trump supporters, but if you are out there, I hate to be the person to be like, well, you're entitled to your opinion, but no, you're not. Um, Just don't tell me that. And yeah, get out and vote. But if you're planning on voting for Trump, uh, just stay home that day. Anyways... Uh, This week, well, this past week, because it's Wednesday, on this past Saturday, we had a really interesting Instagram Live. Like I told you all, Swiss Beats and Timberland have been doing these curated Instagram Live battles, which I saw somewhere in a couple tweets, but I haven't really looked up the articles. I saw somewhere that Instagram is trying to shut down Instagram Lives, and I just feel like that's another capitalist ploy to create revenue because they've been getting a lot of views like Tory Lanez he's damn near a talk show host during this quarantine so there's every day I think he's getting like a hundred thousand viewers and there's like no way of them funding this like they can't add ads to it they can't add a commercial break um so the most they can do is give like an hour limitation but even with that the celebrities are just essentially being like okay i'm about to end this one stay on here and i'm gonna start a new one so like that's not stopping them so i think that the biggest problem that they're facing is that they have no way of recording this you know income now um with this week's battle we had t-pain versus lil john 
and it was really good. Like, it was a really good battle. T-Pain and Lil Jon, it was super friendly. They were really nice. Um, I forgot who was before them. I forgot who. Oh, it was Scott Scorsese. I don't even know how to say his damn name, but it was that white man, Scott. And um, who the hell did he go against? Oh, he went against Manny Fresh. He went against Manny, Manny Fresh. And he ate Manny Fresh up. I'm sorry. I <laughs> I love Cash Money Records. I love me some Juvenile, Lil Wayne, Birdman. I love all of them. But Scott had it. That was last week. I believe that that was last weekend. It was before Saturday. So it had to be like Wednesday or something like that. It was in the middle of the week. Um, but T-Pain and Lil Jon, they had heavy hits like I was really really surprised at the amount of hits that they had like I knew that they were gonna have good hits so I had you know got a little wine drunk was feeling myself whatever was ready for it and when they got on the when they got on the mic and started playing those hits it was just like wow like I forgot all about this song like T-Pain played I'm So Hood I haven't heard I'm So Hood since I was literally like 15 and when it played, I was just ready. And then Lil Jon played Throw It Up. And my cousins, when I was a kid, loved Throw It Up. And I was in it. I was in it. I had a great time. They both <laughs> found a way to piss off black liberals or any liberal. But I'm really talking to black liberals because that's it's really our culture. Uh, T-Pain... And we knew he was about to do something problematic because he was like, Lil John, you could judge me, but this is a hit. I went off on this. And then he was like, y'all can judge me. So we like, come on now. Like, what you about to do? What you about to do? And he played I'm a Flirt remix with R. Kelly. Now, let's set the record straight. Say anyone who doesn't know me and you're just now listening to me or you don't follow me on social media, this is an anti-R. Kelly account. Like, keep that man away from me. Deleted all his music on my phone. With like, if uh, I'm at a family function and they play him, I'm walking out or I'm putting headphones in. Like, I have nothing for that man. That man can rot in hell. And that's all I'm going to say on that because he doesn't even deserve airtime. So, T-Pain said that. <laughs> And Lil John mentions <laughs> Dr. Sebi. I don't even know how to pronounce this damn man's name. Sebi, Sebi. I believe it's Sebi. Um, and that's like Hotep flag number one. Like if they mention Dr. Sebi and um, the emasculation of a, a black man, it's we know what you are on and we, we going to let you stay over there. You stay over here. I'm going to stay over here. Um, so we, you know, I told you I'm, I love Twitter. It's probably my favorite app. They were talking about in Hotep <laughs> Mathematics, which one is worse, playing a song with R. Kelly or mentioning Dr. Sebi. And I was like, you know what? If I had to choose, it would be Dr. Sebi. Like that would be less of a problem than you playing a song that you had with a known rapist. Um, so I knew that T-Pain had messed up when he did that because everyone on Twitter was just like, he shouldn't have done that. And it was so many other songs he could have played instead of that because we all wanted to hear Shoddy. 
which he did not put in the competition. He played it afterward. We all wanted to hear Chopped and Screwed, which he did not play in the competition. He played it afterward. Those two songs would have won that round. But you literally lost that round because you wanted to play Rapist Kelly. And I'll just not understand that. But that was fun. Uh, Teddy Riley and Babyface were supposed to go on live on Sunday, but... Teddy Riley is trying to find a way to profit off of an Instagram live, even though more than half of the world is unemployed right now. So I don't understand why he's doing that, but he is. um, So this is why we should eat the celebrities, eat the rich. Um, That's a Twitter joke as well. Okay. Put that past us. That is essentially what happened and uh, social media and those are the fun topics and now let's get into the real things okay okay so um during this quarantine tiktok has become very popular Uh, i actually just got on tiktok i've been doing a few of them it's really fun essentially it reminds me of um what was the old app that everyone used to use triller it reminds me of triller uh like if triller and what's the other app whatever if if triller was this year with less recording it would be tiktok uh tiktok it's a really cool app you record fun videos um there's been a lot of challenges megan the stallion has had a few the savage challenge um and then there's this new one called the don't rush challenge and it's really fun because you see a lot of beautiful black people doing it and the way it goes is the it starts off with you in your house gear what a lot of people in communication will call backstage face uh so you have on your you know your glasses your do-rag your scarf you have on your face mask like you just look like you're in the crib chilling right and then you block the screen and when you uncover the screen you just like a bad bitch essentially um or fine a fine fine man um whichever you prefer i feel like everyone could be a bad bitch but that's just how i feel uh but yeah that's essentially what the challenge is and so a lot of people have been doing it with their um friends or with their significant other and it's just really fun you know social media we're all stuck in the house like why not so the other day i forgot what day it was um so i'm really into black twitter in general uh but as of late i've been really diving into like black gay twitter just to see like what a lot of my mutuals are talking about and i feel like it's really good to be aware of things in all of your communities and being black is not just one community uh so essentially having your sectors in between of the big umbrella of being in black twitter there's different parts of black twitter that you probably identify with more closely um so black gay twitter it's it's pretty fun Uh, it's a lot of memes and reaction pictures uh but recently they there was a don't rush challenge and like i said a lot of people are doing it with their significant others and it was one about uh, black gay love. And it was like, I, forget, I think it was like four or five couples, all very beautiful couples, very attractive men. Um, but of course, people wanted more representation. So with that, in the, in the gay community, essentially the people who are idolized are the muscle 
lighter tone and or white uh, men who are masculine presenting. I say presenting because that's just how you look on the outside. That's how you act on the outside, um, which also is incorporated with a lot of misogynistic views that gay men already have established. Um, and they view femininity as less than it's kind of it's kind of hard because then you're like well gay men sometimes typically are naturally feminine and and that's fine that's literally okay but i'm saying there's a stigma that people who gays who are feminine are looked down upon by gays who are masculine just like the same way gay men will look down on trans women so it's like a hierarchy of like a bunch of different oppressed groups just oppressing each other even more, which I'll never understand. Um, but back to the topic at hand, the men who made the video, um, people were commenting like, well, like, do you all know like a fat couple or do you all know a dark skinned couple? And uh, people on Twitter went with this and it started a big, huge three-day debate uh like my timeline was in ruins and it was just like a lot a lot of gaslighting and a lot of people try to claim that they don't know what gaslighting is and essentially what it is is you are making someone question their own life experiences and their sanity because you're in denial like People were saying that a lot. So this sparked, so besides the video, like I'm not even going to give the video that much traction. I told you all the video was great. Love the video. I even told them that I love the video. But aside from that, the, the argument and the conversation that happened outside the video is what I really wanted to dig deeper into. So it sparked the conversation of fat phobia. And a lot of people were and denial of what fat phobia was or if it was real at all and i'm here to tell you like if you don't think fat phobia is real um look around so fat phobia is this is a definition that i'm going to use from a website called the body is not an apology.com uh I'll even post links if you all want to know. It says that um, fat phobia, in simplest terms, is a dislike of fat people and or obesity. Um, it's similar to homophobia, except there is a dislike and is being aimed at fat people. So just think about homophobia. People feel that it's not right. They feel that it's not natural. Um, they look down on the LGBTQ plus people and you can think about it in any phobia. Essentially, fat phobia is all of that in one. So imagine being a black guy. So you're going to get racism, a gay guy. So you're going to get homophobia and then you're black, gay and fat. So now you have three different oppressions all on you and it's not even like undertone fat phobia that happens within and like I said I can only speak for the gay community because I don't seek relationships in the straight community so I don't know how that goes but I know for 
the community that I'm in, it's very obvious about fat phobia. Like it's to the point where like if you're on an app for dating, people will actually put in their bio like no fats. Like that's a thing. That's a quote. And for you to get on Twitter and say fat phobia doesn't exist, you're gaslighting fat people because you're literally telling them everything you're experiencing, it's in your head. Because I know there's people who are attracted to you. I know there's people that are attracted to you. And the, the fat people aren't saying that. Like, no fat person on Twitter or in real life has said nobody ever pursued me. Because I just, I don't think that's something that they're saying. That's not something that they are saying. They are literally telling you that you are displaying fat phobic views by not acknowledging that fat people exist and not acknowledging that you treat fat people differently. And, and I think that's what it boils down to is that people don't want to take the time to acknowledge that their entire life they've made the fat jokes or their entire life they've idolized the skinny person over the fat person or their entire life they've noticed the the lighter skinned person is beautiful and the darker skinned person is is bad looking and you have to and those are things that you have to face those are things that you as an individual have to look at within yourself and see that you did that and you have to uncover that within yourself and i don't think that it's right for you to put the cognitive dissonance that you're facing at that moment when someone tells you you're being fat phobic or you're being colorist or you're being racist. I don't think it's right for you to gaslight the individual who's literally taking the time out their day that you probably offended to tell you that you're wrong. And so with that, I wanted to speak for my own personal experience. So um, if you know me personally, if you know me over the years, I had a really big weight loss story, which I'm still working on because like food addiction is real and niggas like tacos. I love a taco. Um, but over the years I've experienced fat phobia. Like that was my life. Like growing up as a kid, I was a fat kid. I was the kid that the fat jokes were made about. So when I see tweets where people are saying like, fat people don't get treated bad like fat people are funny and and that's why <laughs> why do you think fat people are well not i'm not even gonna say all fat people because that's me going into a stereotype but why do you think that the fat people that you know can laugh off or make a joke it's because of their entire life they're probably making jokes to get themselves out of things or jokes help them get out of trauma because they're facing it and it's a lot and even if you were a fat kid who could fight it's still like it's damaging to your personality when you know that you are being seen to the world as undesirable so when you look on tv no one looks like you when you look on your phone no one looks like you when you when you look to talk to someone or try to build a relationship with them, you're always being told like, oh, girl, it's time to go on a diet. And it's, it's like some of those things that you just don't want to hear. And for me personally, when I was going through my weight loss, I, I did not do it because other people were in my ear telling me I should lose weight. People were telling me I should lose weight my entire life. I didn't start losing weight until I was 20. So with that, it was a personal fight. And, and, and losing weight does not mean you glowed up. Like, that does not... I hate that we equate... And that goes with the fat phobic stigma as well, that we equate when people lose weight as them 
glowing up versus if somebody who was skinny wanted to gain weight we just look at them like, oh, girl, you're getting big. But what if she wanted to gain weight? Like, that's a, that's a personal choice. It's a personal choice. It's a personal choice to look the way you look. So with that, I feel that for you to judge and try to dismantle someone's happiness because you don't like the way they look, it's wrong. And that's the, the biggest point of this argument. The biggest point of the argument is it should not concern you. It should not concern you. And And... A lot of people who are very, how can I say it, condescending, the word is condescending. A lot of people who are very condescending will say, well, I just care about your health. I just care about their health. I, I care if they, you know, look, if they, if they, if they could breathe properly. And it's just like, first off, no one said fat people were unhealthy. Um, and there are a lot of skinny people who are unhealthy. So with that, you should. Think about how you're treating others. It doesn't hurt to treat others badly. And to go back to that tweet to start it off, and this this ties literally into fat phobia, colorism, and everything else. So one of the men in the video, which I won't give his ad because I don't really care to do all that. I don't really care who he is. Um, he said, after the argument was over, in conclude this is and this is a quoted tweet like this is not this is me this is not me uh like summarizing it this is exactly what he said in conclusion i've discovered the only way to be an everyday couple he put in parentheses i mean in quotation marks everyday couple in the lgbt community is to be poor overweight of darker skin unmarried unfit and single how inclusive so when we are saying that you all are gaslighting us and that you all are very colorist and that you all are very fat phobic and you all are very racist, it's not us saying that because that's something we've created in our head. It's something that you all are showing. And with that tweet, you literally display what you were feeling in the undertone. So yeah, during the weeks you were like, okay, when the argument was happening, okay, I don't know fat people. I didn't include fat people in the video because I don't know fat people. When you tweeted that, it undermined everything you said because do you not know fat people because you don't associate with them? Or do you not know fat people because you genuinely don't know fat people? Um, and that's all I'll say on that. Stop being assholes. Love others. And mind your business. That's really what it comes down to. Mind your business. If if you don't if you don't want to date someone because they're skinny, medium sized, fat, whatever, it's best to just shut up and date who you want, love who you love, but mind your business because someone who is fat, someone who's skinny, someone who's in the process of getting fat or skinny or gaining weight or losing weight, it's literally their life. They're in charge of it and that's if that's what they decide to do, that's what they decide to do. And so if they want representation because they want to continue to live the life they want to live, that's what they deserve. And that's all I'll say on that. And that's on period. Okay. Lastly, which will be a smaller topic, is we're going to talk about this poor black stigma that the middle class, cotillion going, country club hills, blacks on twitter have you know raving um but i'm gonna go drink a glass of water and i'll be right back
Okay, so I'm back, and my final topic will be uh, elitism within the black community and why it needs to end. So it all sparked when there was a tweet, well, it was a picture, actually, of a guy who tweeted the realities of black families, and it was a drawing essentially of a family mom dad and it was like four kids and they're all in like it looks like a studio um of course it's dramatized but there was truth to it but of course um we had it's always that one but in this case it was 10,000 retweets um she said I didn't grow up like this at all please stop this stereotype and so with that, I understood what she was saying about not all black people are poor. I understand that. But there's this huge need to express that if I'm black and I'm part of the middle class or higher class, I need the world to know that I am not a poor black person and I was not raised as a poor black person and I don't relate to poor black people in the slightest. And that's where my problem comes in because... This has been something, which I'm not about to take you all on an African-American history course, but this has been something that's been a problem within the black community for so long, which is why we have things or stereotypes of the bougie auntie or the bougie cousins. And it it's literally doing nothing but making the wage gap from high-class blacks and poor-class blacks even bigger. And it's just sad because we already are some of some of the lowest paid people in the economy right now. And that's even if you are the highest paid black person on your firm, you're still part of a population that's essentially receiving less than its counterparts because of the color, because of the color of our skin. So that is why I'll never understand why that is such a need to express and it, it, it really goes back to after slavery and the Reconstruction and the New Negro and the Harlem Renaissance. And all of that ties into black people feeling the need to separate themselves from black people who aren't like them. Or you stay away from the poor blacks because they're going to harm you or they're going to risk your future. And, and the reality of it is... I get it. I get that black people who live in bad neighborhoods, they're not in safe environments. So I would understand why you would not want your child that you've worked hard to avoid living in a bad neighborhood to go and venture into those bad neighborhoods. But I do think that it is some of the black elites responsibility to ensure that if you don't want the stereotype about your people you should be doing things and advocating and doing community service and work like that to stop and end poverty with your people period i feel like if you feel so strongly that black people don't live like that and that's only the one percent which it's not i'll get into that in a second you you should be if you have the resources to trying your best to make sure, even if it's not a wide variety of it, but even making sure like your family doesn't experience that or just just doing those things and teaching them that a lot of these black people who are in those predicaments, they did not ask to be in it. Let, so 
I'm pretty sure, like, and this is the thing that these thought processes aren't coming from people who aren't educated or who haven't even had the lectures on why poverty exists. These are college educated people who have these horrible topics on poor black people and you're black yourself. And a lot of them are coming from these elite schools. A lot of them are coming from HBCUs or schools at PWIs where they had to make a black community. And it was just like, did you skip this day? Did you skip this course? Did you skip this lesson? Because why is it not clicking to you that poverty is cyclical? So if you grew up in poverty, there's a really high, a really, really high chance that you're going to continue in poverty. A lot of people don't make it out of poverty. And I don't know why a lot of people feel that that one person who has this glory story of growing up in poverty and becoming a millionaire. That's everyone's reality because it's not it's really not. And, and that's really disgusting to me, because in the 2018 census of the hundred of, of the people who. I won't even say 100% of the people who live in poverty in America, black people make up 20%. Native Americans take the number one spot because they take up 25%. So that means one in every five poor people you see, one of them is going to be black. Period. And with those statistics, yeah, the tweet, what she said, this is not everyone's reality. Please stop making this stereotype. It's not a stereotype for the person who's living in it. It's not a stereotype for the person who is trying to fight out of poverty. It's not a stereotype for someone who is going to school or working 60 hours a week or taking care of several different children. And it's, it's really not. It's, it's really not a stereotype for them. It's their life. It's their reality. So for you to get on social media and going back to gaslighting to gaslight a poor person and say you went through that i didn't go through that you grew up poor i didn't grow up poor it's one of those things where it's just best to just be quiet just just be quiet and and that's my biggest deal with everything because if i'm saying to you i grew up poor i don't want your response to be well, you grew up poor, but not all black people grow up poor because me and my friends, we didn't grow up poor. Like, that is the last thing somebody who is in poverty or working 50 hours a week while in school, while trying their best to just stay afloat. Because a, a lot of people in this world are just trying to stay afloat. And, that, and you don't even have to be poor to be working class. Working class literally means that you are working to pay bills. So... A lot of people are literally working to stay afloat. That's just point blank period. And I think that elitism within the black community or within any community needs to end. But I'm focusing on our community because that's who I am talking to. I think that it is a pointless argument. It's pointless energy. If you have the resources, help people out. Life is not easy. Life is hard. Um, there's a lot of people who are going through things that you can't even fathom. So just be kind. That goes back to the fat phobic comments. That goes back to gaslighting. That goes back to feminism. That goes back to homosexuality. That goes back to any ismality, <laughs> any of those. It doesn't cost a thing to be nice to people. And if everyone just had that mindset that if you're just being nice and not even, I don't, because I hate when people say mind your business, because 
minding your business is how a lot of people get hurt. Um, the bystander effect is very real. I think that if you have the resources to get involved, get involved, but don't do counterproductive things such as making someone who had different life circumstances than you feel less than or feel judged by you because that is something that no one wants to deal with. And so, yeah, that pretty much wraps up this episode. It did go a little past time, which I'm not sorry for because we got into some things. Um, But until next time, which should be next week, I've been doing these weekly every week. And yeah, thank you all again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. As always, I highly recommend uh, any type of feedback, whether you liked it, what you didn't like, if you hated everything I said, just feel free to DM me on any of my social media platforms. Again, my Instagram and my Twitter are at Chucky2U. That's C-H-U-C-K-I-E-T-O-Y-O-U. Um, and feel free to just let me know if you liked it, loved it, hated it. I accept it all. Um, if you want to be a special guest, if you want me to ask you questions, if you have a business you want me to shout out, I do free shout outs. So if you if you got a black business, let me know. Even my, you know, even my Hispanics, this is a minority stand account. You know, if you got a business you want me to shout out, please. Um, if you're an upcoming artist, I'm probably not going to have time to play your song, but I don't have a problem telling people to go to your YouTube or go to your SoundCloud. Like, we're all in this together, and we all are trying to fight the capitalist fight because we don't deserve this. Please make sure you are taking care of your health during this quarantine. Please love yourself, and as always, be kind to one another. And that is all for Chopping It Up with Chucky. You can be my-